We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, 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 yes, indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. I'm one of the teammates. My name is Daryl. They call me Easy D. Fulton, and I'll be introducing the other teammates momentarily and give you an opportunity to participate in this live presentation on the question and answer format, a chance for you to call in and various other methods to get your question in for tonight, and we want to give you a biblical response. Thus, the Bible Information Brokers. Why not you join me in a word of prayer and we get this broadcast started? Father God, we just thanking you and praising you for life in our body, for the privilege and opportunity to work in the kingdom that you have set forth as your kingdom, Lord. So we're doing your business even right now in this format that we have. So I just ask and pray that you would strengthen us and clear our minds and our make our hearts prepared, Father God, as we set aside this time to glorify you and even to edify ourselves through this format. Let, to the listening audience, Father God, I just ask and pray that they will set their mind in, in, in a prayerful way to how they can participate in this broadcast, either by calling, simply praying if they're not going to call, to um, just pray that the, the, the situation for this broadcast will be seamless. The questions will come with the questions you want out there. You know what's going on in your world, Lord. So we just ask and pray that you that you help us to have a seamless show. We thank you for the privilege. We thank you for the honor uh, through Jesus Christ that we have to do these type of things in your kingdom. And it's by Jesus' name and for his sake that I pray. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I said that you can participate, but before I give you all that information, let me introduce the other teammates to you, and then I'll give you some information on how you can call in and all those other methods to get your question in tonight so we can answer those questions from a biblical perspective. My good buddy Brian Allen is in the studio with me right now. How you doing, B? What up, D? How you doing? Hey, that's, that's pretty hip there, brother. How you doing? Happy pre-fourth to you, man. It's happy you, pre-fourth. Man. You like all those fireworks and stuff like that, right? No, no, man. You don't like that stuff? I mean, they're like bombs now. It's not like fireworks. No, no, like I, I was I was at the Rose Bowl uh, when they were setting up, and I saw they were setting up. They did a pre-check, and you know, uh, of course, they're gonna blow off some things while I'm in my downswing, you know, trying to get a shot off. But then that's another story. Well, I'll tell you, Inglewood out does that. You think so? <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys got the Rose Bowl, beat, man. We, we'll see. I know the, I know those guys in the city hall used to work with Inglewood, but that's another story. Hey, let's bring up our other good friend because last time I didn't introduce him all the way. Professor Craig Hawkins, I affectionately call PCH. Are you there and how you doing? I am here telephonically. <laughs> I got it in there. See, I gave you a chance, and you just couldn't wait. See, I just want to see how long it's going to take you to steal my word, man. Well, I'm glad that you're calling and telephonically, Craig. How are you feeling, brother? I'm doing okay. Doing good, doing good. Well, listen, the guy I should have introduced first and gave you how you can talk to him from a listening audience standpoint, other than Jared, who makes sure everything is going to go seamless. Right, Jared? He's saying a thumbs up on that. Well, Eric, 
is the God that you want to call. Craig, you know how Eric takes care of these phones for us so brilliantly. You can start calling right now, listening audience at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Please, when you talk to Eric, just get right into it. Give him your, uh, your name, where you're calling from, and get right into your questions so we can get as many questions as we can tonight. We want to answer as many questions as we can as the people call in and participate. Eric's number again is 888-995-5552. Every other format, if you're on the Internet, is by Internet, whether it's by the Facebook, email us on our .com website, tweet or messenger. All those formats, same address, Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers, send your question by those methods, Facebook, email, tweet, or even Messenger. Now, if you're on Facebook, please go ahead and check in like you do it at school. Just type your name in there, some little emoji. Let us know that you're out there. And if you'll be so kind, uh, click that share button. Let people know that you're listening to a live presentation, and maybe they can join us, or maybe they can uh, participate in the archive shows that we have set up later on during the week. So there's the methods. Please take an opportunity to call in right now. We have some things we want to talk about, but we're very interested in what you have to say as far as your question is concerned so we can give you a biblical response. 888 Call Eric. Get him busy. Let him set you up, put you in a queue. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, tweet, or messenger. Brian and Craig, we know we talked about last week that we're going to bring up a subject matter. And I just happened to take time. I told Brian, I listened to the oral arguments about Roe versus Wade from last year. And, I mean, people say, what? You're going to sit up there and listen to that kind of stuff? Yeah, that stuff is very interesting to me. And it's very important on what uh, those people that's in the office of the Supreme Court making decisions and the various attorneys that are making their oral arguments before them. Now, folks, you can call in. Like I said, I gave you the number, so go ahead and call in and get your uh, email questions and your Facebook questions set up so we can deal with those also. We don't want this Roe versus Wade to dominate the whole show, but it's so important. We need to spend as much time as we need to to get the uh, the issues out and get them clear and concise. Brian Craig, you agree with that? Yeah, by all means, Daryl. It's, well, it's a topic. And <coughs> definitely want to hear from our listening audience, but it's a topic uh, that – you know, it's been uh, in front insofar as the news of what's what's going on. Um, you know, you're hearing things like, obviously, they're saying, like, obviously, California is going to uh, pass this abortion issue and also offering uh, or giving money to people who are in states that will not allow abortions to come to the United States, come to the California to have their abortion done. It's going to be something. Uh, PCH, I'm very curious to know when you're teaching uh, your, the attorneys uh, the various things that you teach them in their classes, does this subject come up often or the, the um, what can I say, the, the ethics around it come up often as far as the subject? Well, it depends what class I'm teaching. But I'm teaching one right now, legal institutions and values, and it's come up quite a bit. It comes up. Actually, it's um, related to, uh, at one point to the class. So, but but people are bringing it up even when it doesn't, when it when it's not directly uh, on the slate, if you will, uh, because they want they feel strongly about it, and I would say they're very emotional about it. And so, I mean, I understand people feeling strongly. Well, yeah, it's a matter of I'm going to say life and death. 
You know, people try to say it's a little blob of tissue. Yeah, when does a blob of tissue have a, its own heartbeat, have its own legs and arms, and so on and so forth? So uh, people feel very strongly, and I understand that because it does have radical implications. Uh, but let's just put it this way. So right now, of course, it is all the rage of the topic, and understandably, but it's come up a, <laughs> a number of times. I'm like, it's not even the subject. It's like, can you catch a hold of us until, until we get to that part? Now, again, I, I guess I would just say this. I, I have to make my point to my students at times. You have to give me an argument. Don't uh, You can't tell me your position, and I want to hear that, especially when it's pertinent, when we get to that topic matter. But, but, but you're required to give me an argument for it. And, and you know, I have to remind them, what do attorneys do? They argue things. They argue points. And so give me an argument not just what you believe, but why you believe it, why you think either way or whatever your position is. And and I understand people feel strongly, and there's all kinds of, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of um, things that are given as poor or, or otherwise for it, and I would argue most of them are really bad arguments. They're not really sound. I mean, the issue in life is, anywhere else is, is it a human being? If somebody comes up to you, and I've got this from other people, and I can give, give that credit, but if, if you're at the sink or something and your child comes up to you and your back's to them, and they say, can I kill this? Well, what's the question you ask? What is it? Mm. If, if it's a cockroach, well, yeah, by all means. If it's, you know, X, Y, and Z, but if it's your little brother or sister, um, no. <laughs> and so, uh, so you hear all kinds of arguments because it impacts people, but I would argue... Look, you do have a choice. You could choose not to have relations or to use birth control, uh, use, you know, use um, the things, you know, that prevent uh, um, birth. And so so I hear all kinds of things. It's, like, it's just a blob of tissue, so on and so forth. And I've, I've uh, I, just the other night, I asked my students, have you guys read any of these books? Patrick Lee on abortion, uh, L-E-E, arguably the most academic book, uh, saying that abortion is, is not right. Uh, Frank Beckwith has a book called Politically Correct Death, a phenomenal book, mm. really readable, very accessible, phenomenal presentation of the argument, all the major arguments you hear. And then, um, I mean, there's dozens of books I saw. And, and I said, look, have you even read The Other Side or watched the video on The Other Side, or do you only know your view? Yeah. And so, I, for example, I showed him a book called the, the Abortion Controversy, edited by Lewis Poyman and uh, Frank Beckwith as well, published by Oxford. Standard academic work giving arguments at pro and con. And, and there's a number of arguments, and somebody is, if we have, you want to talk about it now, there's a thing called SLED, that I think is a good thing that to use um, uh, that others have invented, uh, dealing with four basic arguments that you hear in one way, shape, and form over and over again. What are those? Uh, what is that word again, Greg? What's SLED? It's an acronym. It's SLED. Yeah. That's L-E-D. Okay, I got you. So, so yeah. So, um, so that would include if we can do that. So, size. Sometimes, well, it's, it's, it's you know, it, it's very small, as if somehow that makes it not human. So the issue is, when, is, when, is it, when does it become human? And I would argue scientifically, the arguments are from conception. It's, people want to argue, it's, well, it's not human. I mean, literally, if it's, if it's, 
how many centimeters before it's taken out of the womb, it's not human. That's mm. ridiculous. It, it the the babies developed enough to survive way before all things equal way before that. But let's look at sled. Besides the issue of privacy, you this idea, well, it's my right, it's my business. Well, first of all, what is a right? Where do rights come from? And who told you you have this right? You, I mean, if you get based on Roe v. Wade, that's one of the poorest legal reasons ever in the Casey decision as well. I mean, that, it's mocked by many people. Even Ginsburg admitted how badly it was argued. I mean, that, that she still wanted the results of Roe v. Wade, but she, she had no confidence in the actual decision in Roe v. Wade because it was so poorly reasoned. So people say privacy, but look, the, the privacy is trumped by, uh, can I can I kill one of my kids? Mm. Say, well, well pri- I have privacy. You can't come in my house and tell me what to do. That, that, that's, privacy is a secondary issue. Issue. If something's illegal or immoral, immoral to begin with, that's the issue. So, so, so there's more to be said on that, and the books I just mentioned deal with this in great detail. Also, the book by uh, the booklet, really, it's very small. It's a booklet, uh, abortion, the, uh, the Christian abortion in the Bible, uh, something to that effect. You very, the, very good. You said the but Christian. And the abortion or the Christian? No, Christian abortion and the Bible. Gotcha, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, but let's deal with the basic argument. So again, again, so size. Well, I mean, so let me ask, is Shaquille O'Neal more human than somebody who, who has dwarfism? Do, do we really measure the whether someone's human or not by their size? That's in every other area. It's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, if you're in the NBA, you might be more valuable in the NBA, mm-hmm. all things equal, the taller you are. But that that doesn't make you human or not, your size. If that's the case, then people who are giants are, are larger than the rest of us. They're more human than those who are not. And that's, that's patently ridiculous uh, that, that, that someone's size would, would tell you, you know, if, whether they're human or not or, or how human or their value. L, L it stands for location. Uh, excuse me. Um, level, excuse me. Level of development. Uh, level of de- development. So some will say, well, the baby's not. Some will say it's not. It's not human. It's not developed, and, and that's just not true scientifically. It's that's ridiculous. Look at the straight biology. You, you don't need to be a rocket scientist. I don't need to be a biologist or a, an MD to know that. You can go and look at the information. So level of development. But that's true. Then people. Einstein was, you know, superhuman, if you will, or more human than everybody else. If level of development is a factor in whether you're human or not, then people obviously have higher IQ, for example, would be more human. Do we really believe that? Mm. No. In fact, people, we fight against stuff like that. That could result in horrific consequences. Well, I'm more human than you are. I have a higher IQ as measured by a standard IQ test. So I'm more human, so I should get more rights even at your expense. Well, who believes that? Okay? E is for environment. So that's L, S, L, E, environment. So the idea is, well, somehow the baby, and now they want it, of course, really we're getting into infanticide. Now, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25, 28, 30 days afterwards, they still want to give the, 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 the mother uh, the right to abort, to kill, abort, to kill the baby. The baby would have been born. But somehow the silly idea that, and that's what it is, to say, well, when the baby's out of the womb, now it's human, but if it's in the womb, it's not human. Uh, 
No. That'd be like, I mean, when, when I'm in my house, I'm, I'm human. When I go out of my house, I'm not human. I don't lose my humanity by changing my environment if I'm at a higher altitude or lower or otherwise. That has no bearing on the, the, the humanness of, of, I don't even want to use the word fetus, it is, but of the, of the baby. They call that fetal personhood. I mean, that's what I kept hearing the arguments in there, but the terminology fetal well, personhood. Well, anything, to, there's a fallacy in logic, which I also teach, called blind, blinding by science, in which you use scientific terminology to try to change people's mind or mm. to influence them. In other words, in the... Quoting science and using scientific data is not a fallacy, but when you use scientific-sounding vocabulary, it's not really backed up by science. So here, again, the environment, all things equal, it has no bearing on whether you're human or not. You can, you know, 40,000 feet, 50,000 feet, or, or, or going down towards you know, the bottom of the ocean, you're still human. And then development, or really the B is for development, but actually dependency, level of development or dependency, because we look at the really um, level of development for L. So, so the idea would be when you hear this, well, the baby can't survive, so, so that proves it's not human. Mm. Look, what happens when, God forbid, you're injured and you're in a coma or you're put on life support? Are you not human now because you can't take care of yourself? Hey, look at America, and if that's going to be a, a, a criteria for human humanness, well, people males clearly aren't <laughs> human until maybe thirty-five or older. I mean, think of that. Uh, you know, a one, two-year-old kid, many people can't survive by themselves. In one sense, we all need each other. But if you want to talk about the dependency somehow making you not human, okay, then a two, three, four, five or older, uh, in most cases, are not human because they can't take care of themselves and so on and so forth. So someone doesn't lose their humanity because of their, uh, their, 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 their dependency, how dependent they are on another one. That does not make you human. And I know many people uh, who came out of it but had heart attack, stroke, or other catastrophic you know, disease or illness or an accident, and they were in a coma or whatever, and they recovered. And that, but could I have said while they were in that state, well, you're not human, so we can take your life. Man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Gentlemen, if we, Craig and uh, Brian, if we can go back to that word that you used earlier, rights, and how this all got established. I, was just, I mean, I was just trying to do some of the research in the history. I was just graduating from high school in 73 when this Roe versus Wade stuff happened, the actual um, judgment. But before that, it, it let, this stuff led up to something. That's, I mean, yeah, the, the Roe uh, versus Wade, the lady wound up having the baby. It took, I think, about two or three years to get, you know, finally go through the process of, the, of litigation. But I'm just concerned that we take a basic fundamental thing like rights, where they come from, who gives them to us, and then once that is established or unestablished, then we run off on whatever uh, thinking we have on that, and it's like the thinking is all over the place. Do you have a right to abort? Do you have a right of choice? I mean, what about the baby? Just it, it really it can be confusing to the just the average Joe. You know, you know, it's funny, Daryl, when you say that. Um, every it, I know there was a gentleman years ago that he was very popular debating uh, individuals on the issue of abortion. And it got to a point where nobody would debate him 
uh, the only way they would debate him is if he wouldn't show pictures or videos oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of what an abortion, right. the results of an abortion. And it's kind of funny that they don't allow or you don't see pictures, you don't see videos uh, from the results of an abortion from those that are pro-abortion. Look, that, I mean, I don't know what the argument, Craig, or Brian, I don't know what the... the, the the way a, a brain works, but I just know that when you can uh, anesthetize yourself from seeing the results of your heinous acts, be it, you know, I think that's why one of the things that happens in prison a lot is that you you meet, you have to go to court and meet those that you have victimized. And uh, before you get sentenced, they have this thing whereby everybody can talk about uh, their you know, thoughts about it before the judge makes a decision or of sentencing. Uh, I forget what it's even called at the top of my head. But the bottom line is we we can anesthetize ourselves to the wrong that we do, uh, even in all the various sins you can think of. And when it, when the society is allowed to do that, because I remember I was in the Middle East, they have Friday matinee. They call it Friday matinee, which is chop-chop, public executions and judgments right there. I'm not saying... One is right over the other, but I am simply saying that when you do an exercise yourself and you be able to separate yourself from the heinous things that you do and the results of the sin, I think that is definitely wrong. The Bible doesn't do that. The Bible tells it like it is, as far as I'm concerned. So, You're so right, Daryl. And, you know, Pastor Steve was talking about that today. He was saying, you know, you look at biblical times compared to times today where you do a heinous crime, you, there's no death penalty anymore. Okay, and and when there are, there are states that do have the death penalty, you know, look how many years and years and years it'll take before. And when you are a criminal and you know that you're not going to die for doing something heinous, then what's the deterrent? Whereas in times past, you did something, you killed someone, I mean, and you were proven guilty without a shadow of a doubt, boom. Uh, there, there's no waiting years and years and years and years. Uh, judgment would be would be taken care of, but nowadays, uh, you know, you do something. We talked about the uh, what what is it, shoplifting for stealing? It, you know, it has to be like nine hundred and seventy-five dollars. Sounds so cute. Yeah, stealing. You know, nine hundred seventy-five dollars over that then is considered stealing. Or like I said, you know, you have someone that just mutilates a person, kills. I mean. Serial killers, they're caught, they're convicted. Well, guess what? He doesn't get the death penalty, depending on the state you're in. Mm -hmm. Or if he does, look how many months and years and years. It's crazy. Go ahead, ahead, PCH. We've we've seen a bunch of issues now, and I want to go back and separate this. Mm -hmm. And personally, I'm okay with it taking years and years and years because... You don't want to get it wrong. Rather, rather, exactly. You take someone's life or what have you, and first of all, I know some people don't believe in death penalty. That's number one. But number two, if you do, but if you take someone's life, there's no do-over. There's no makeover. So right. to me, I, I'm okay if the courts err on the side of caution. But 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 I want to get back to this though. This issue is, look, uh, we we believe abortion is a sin. We believe it's wrong. It's wrong. Uh, we feel for ladies. We're not trying to, um, you know. They say you're taking away my rights. You know, my body, my rights. Well, look mm. again. You don't have a right to kill your neighbor. You don't have a right to 
kill your two or three year old. The issue is, is is the fetus a, a human? Not a is it a potential human or is it a human with potential? I'm arguing it's it's the la, it's the latter, and that's what we want to be sensitive to. Now, one more argument you're you're going to hear. Well, you hear a bunch of them, but I've already dealt with the issue of of the size somehow larger is more human, and that's ridiculous. We don't believe that. L's level of development, so a more intelligent person's more human. Well, that has, think of eugenics and stuff like that, of killing certain groups of people or people because they're not allegedly as intelligent as others. And then, again, E is the environment. Where are you somehow making you human? That's not it. And then D, the level of dependency. And saying, so, so what? So someone who's dependent, like someone who just had a heart attack, so somehow they're not human? So the irony is the people who are the most vulnerable, what about what about the, what about the baby? What about their rights? What have you? Now, let me use the other big argument, though. There's another one that will come up. And in this case in particular, because we've got three guys talking about this, so they'll go, well, who are you to tell me? Look, most guys I know who are not Christians, they like abortion because it keeps them from being responsible for the baby. So they're all for the gal getting an abortion. So this idea that somehow it's a, that arguments don't have gender. The arguments don't have sex. Don't commit don't commit uh, a circumstantial ad hominem saying, so you're a guy, so you're, of course, against it. Uh, because you don't have to have the baby. Look, most guys I know who are not Christians, the vast majority of them, want the right, so-called right to abortion because it gets them off the hook. So that, first of all, that's not even true factually that most guys are against it. That's, number one, not right. true. Number two is, though, that you're saying my argument is bad because of my circumstances. So it, it, I dismiss someone's view simply because of their gender or their ethnicity or whatever. No, give me... Give me an argument. So that's another key issue here uh, that needs to be brought up. Don't commit a circumstantial ad hominem saying, again, your view is wrong because you're a guy. Uh, and and we're not trying to take their rights away. It's, again, but one more time, what is a right? Can you define it? And where did you get this right? Who told you you have this right? And it's based on Roe v. Wade. That's the whole point. If you read the majority opinion penned by Alito and then Kavanaugh supporting it and otherwise, they deal with that and say, no, it doesn't prove that. This is an imaginary right that the, that, that the court made up in 73 that, that's, not, that's not, not there. And you say, well, then you're forcing me to have a baby. No, I'm not. Don't fool around. Then, then be an adult and use birth control, right? you know, practice that, and or, of course, as a believer, we would argue in marriage, uh, outside of marriage, you shouldn't be having relations. And of course, that's puritanical, it's seen as, oh, that's ridiculous, nobody's going to do that. No, people do it all the time. It's called responsibility. Um, but the other issue, some will say, well, but I'm, I'm, I'm married, mm. but I don't want to have a baby. It's not convenient now. Then you should have thought about that before you got pregnant. And uh, the birth control again. And then all the arguments, oh, the baby's going to be deformed. You hear all these arguments that people are still going to get abortions and they're legal and they won't be safe. All these made-up fictional arguments that just, just don't fly. You used to, be, used to hear, oh, so many women die every year from illegal back-alley coat-hanger abortions. Those numbers were t exaggerated on purpose. And first of all, though, if something's wrong, you don't make it right by giving somebody a, a hygienic way of doing it. I mean, if, you know, if, it, if it's 
and this is an extreme example, but if somebody says, well, we want to have a, a war, we want to shoot each other, and we're going to go, oh, well, we'll give you a park where you guys can do it. We'll supply ammo and guns so you can kill each other. Uh, th- that's not the issue. If something's wrong, the issue of it being safe, well, then uh, why would you expect it to be safe if it's wrong in the first place? So you've got to... You can't just presuppose the argument. You have to give an argument. But the big one we would hear tonight is, is you know, that we're insensitive, that we're guys, that's, and so you can't that's argue that. The guy argument. And then I can turn around and say, you can't argue all kinds of things because you're a female right. or transgender, whatever you are. Look, I want to say this back up for a moment. We do want to be sensitive to women who've had abortion. There's people, yeah. I'm sure, listening to us right now who have had one. We're saying it's wrong. We're saying it's a sin. I'm saying, though, God forgives women who've done that. So we're not here to beat women up who have had one and have realized that it's wrong and they shouldn't have done it and they feel badly about it. We're acknowledging that, and we're not here to beat them up to extend forgiveness. But I'm coming on strong because for those, the backlash or the push of, oh, but your arguments are just all wet. No, stop and think about it. Any argument you're going to give us, we're saying there are real problems with it. And you basically... You're, it, you're, you're wanting it to be true, so therefore you give an argument that's already jaded to support it because you already buy in that it is legitimate or it ought to be. And we're challenging that from the ground up. What are your arguments? Why do you believe it? And why should the rest of us believe it? And my point is if, if the fetus is in fact a human being, I believe the evidence biblically, and someone say, well, I don't believe the Bible. Okay, scientifically, <laughs> you don't have to be a biologist or an MD to know that. It's basic science. Look at the heartbeat, all, all the things. Uh, that, you know, when someone says it's a blob of tissue, okay, all things equal, when do you have a blob of tissue that gives you two more arms, two more legs, another heart, a heartbeat, and so on and so forth. It's not a blob of tissue. It's not like your appendix or some other organ in your body. It is a human being and ought to be treated as such. Yeah, Craig, um, I, I, I'd like for you to respond to this um, because some of these things I haven't had time to look at. But it says, um, I saw this on Facebook. It says, from Halle Berry's page, I told, it says, I totally echo the sentiments. This is bigger than religious extremism and uh, fanaticism. Uh, here's what she says. The treatment for an, an, an ectopic pregnancy is abortion. The treatment for septic uterus is abortion. The treatment for miscarriage that your body won't release is abortion. If you can't get those abortions, you die. You die. Thoughts on that statement? Okay, it's take, it's taking like for example, okay, a tubal pregnancy, the baby's in, in, in the fallopian tube. That's what, the, for example. But those are extreme cases. I, we're not saying that. There are medical reasons. If it's the life of the mother is at jeopardy, or the baby, we do this all the to- time. And then the argument is made, and well, first of all, the view is often this is a, a motive. Of, Motivism, what often happens are loaded languages. I start using loaded language from my opponent. Oh, they're extremists. Well, I could say the same thing with the abortionists. You're an extremist. It's give me the argument. But that's not true. There, there are those like myself who would say when the life of the mother is in danger, there are grounds for abortion. This is people who have no background in medical ethics who say stuff like this. There are already things in place. For example, doctor doctrine of second effect and a number of ethical principles where the mother's life comes into play and, and would be 
preserved over the life of the baby if the baby has to be terminated to save the mother. In those actual cases, which are, they do happen, but relatively speaking, they're so rare. But what do they do? They're trying to make the exception the rule, and that's just completely backwards. So but they're but making the exception. But the exception on that particular thing, life is, I'm sorry, go ahead. They're trying to say, so that justifies all abortions. Most abortions, far and away, look at the data, are elective. They're done simply because, for whatever reason, the woman does not want to have the baby. But on that specific not point. Not because their life is in danger. I'm sorry, Craig. On that specific point, I heard the argument that there is a law that already covers that. So that's not really a solid argument because they have a law that deals with that. They wouldn't. They don't consider that of doing a quote-unquote uh, illegal abortion, one way or the other. It's like whatever that phraseology was. But but my argument would be, why would there need a be a law for that type of abortion if abortion's legal anyway, and they can get abortion even if they're not didn't have those circumstances? Well, I, I, Craig, well, Craig, go ahead, Craig. Go ahead. Well, the other the, the other extreme thing where people are not really aware that they're, they're, the people they act like it's already been it's been made illegal. It's done, it's pushed back to the state. It's a stick yes. it's back where the Constitution put it as a state issue, and so that's not true. States like California, and New York, nothing's going to change. Right. That that that's not true. So it depends on the state, but there's already laws in many states in effect, and it's a principle of ethics, in this case we deal with bioethics, that this is a case that the mother of, the, uh, of, of take, life takes, takes precedence, and all things equal, and you preserve the life of the mother. I mean, we, we have all kinds of situations where it can be there's two or more lives on the line, and you, have to, you can't save everybody, so you have to make ethical decisions. So, so, so that type of thinking is very undeveloped, very yeah. immature, and very emotive. And once again, secundum quid, the form of a fallacy where you try to make an exception to rule, mm. right? There, there's almost always exceptions. This, I'm going to, uh, well, there's a number of arguments we can give, but there, there often are cases that are on the edge that don't fit. They're not normative. They're not the normal one. Well, Craig, and, if I can say, Craig, real quickly, you're talking about yeah. exceptions. I was just make, speaking to this while my oldest son about, he was saying, Dad, you always talk about hearsay, don't bring me hearsay, don't bring me hearsay. I said, but don't get me wrong, there's an exception to the hearsay rule when you're in court, and that's a deathbed confession. You know, the person dies, uh, one of the exceptions mm-hmm. to that rule is something like a deathbed confession. So you have these things, like you said, people are trying to take something that is not even a problem with the law and try to make that like a normative, whereby if a woman's life is in danger, they're not accusing someone of doing something illegal if an abortion is performed for that particular reason. And I forget which one of those uh, topic or toxic, whatever it was that you were just saying, but I heard one of those connected to it, and I just forget which one it was. Well, my, my thing is, if I look at what that statement that was made by Holly Berry, I would, I would guess that, that those situations are probably... One percent or less of all the abortions, with all the millions of abortions that have been taking place, it's the exception. Like I, I would say that exception is probably in the one percent range. Yeah, well, it, it is, it is far far in that. But or or the case, you know, again, of rape or incest, what have you. And so they take, and that's horrific. I'm not trying to justify that or anything like that. But they want to take those rare exceptions. And then and generalize it so any woman can get an abortion any time. And, 
And, and, and the, the numbers are simply not there. The vast majority of, of abortions are elective surgery. That is, the mother says, I don't want to have this baby. Right. And now let me go back to something else you said, Brian, uh, that about showing this. So I had some of my students pushing back. Well, you shouldn't show that. And I said, why not? You show everything else. If abortion is no big deal, then show them ripping the baby from limb to limb. Show them from sticking the shine in their brain and sucking their brains out or, 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 or uh, and using acid on them. Let people see it. Here's the reality. There is one thing, and the, 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 the stats are out, that, that, that is more uh, effective in deterring a woman from having an abortion, it's simply an ultrasound. Exactly. When they see yes. the baby, see the heart beating, they realize this is not just a blob of tissue. Right. It's not a blob of tissue. So I would argue more information. So think, just let me finish on this point. So think of all the stuff we allow to be shown on TV now. Now they dropped the F-bomb. It used to be at least they, they edit that out. Think of all the stuff you can watch on TV. But one thing, what do you not see? And he's already said, Brian, they don't show you uh, actual abortion, the various types of way they abort the baby and, and, and how it occurs. And I, and I believe there's a reason for that because they know if they did, the vast majority, so many people would be so overwhelmed. It's so grisly what they, what they see done to, done to I'm going to argue, the baby that, that they, they wouldn't want it. They wouldn't it's a deterrent. It, it is definitely a deterrent. It's like the scared straight uh, program yeah. used to be on. It's definitely a, a deterrent when you see the the horrendous atrocities that your wrong or malfeasance does to another human being. You, but as long as we keep anesthetizing, as long as we keep on letting people, you know, just uh, think it's a doggone video game, we're going to have this kind of uh, stuff continually in our society. And it's, and it's a sad commentary that we sit back and don't do anything. Well, I said not anything, but as a whole about that. For 50 years, we had something that was on the books that was just unconstitutional for it to be on a federal level. We had that for 50 years. But it's it's amazing, though, Daryl. I'm not surprised, but how, you know, quote-unquote media, which I I, I like the term fake media, how none of this stuff gets on television. None of, of, I mean, not just this abortion. But mainstream, I mean, nothing gets on on air. He said you were going to say something in regards to that? Well, let me bring up one other thing. So that you hear related to the so so called right to privacy. By the way, you you know the government can't intervene. Look, you can't streak around naked. You right. can't smoke in a car with other people without permission or with a child, whatever. You have to wear a helmet if you have a motorcycle. The government the government makes laws every day that restrict your so called freedoms, real or imagined, and that. So one of the other standard arguments is, well, look, they say something like this. Now, look, Hawkins, they'd say, uh, I mean, I personally, I wouldn't have an abortion. I wouldn't want my wife or if I'm a female I, or a childbearing person, if you want to say it that way. I, I wouldn't have one, but I don't want to legislate morality to, for other people. I want to tell us what can do. And that, can you imagine me saying, well, personally, I'm against slavery, but if somebody else wants to practice slavery, who am I to tell them? We don't think that. We think all kinds of things are immoral and ought to be, ought to be illegal because they're immoral, like slavery and whatever. So the idea that somehow, well, I mean, I personally wouldn't do it, but it's okay for others to do it, um, that's, that's silly as well. Because we do it every day, and you don't go, well, again, I personally wouldn't make a, a lampshade out of a human being, as a baby, but if somebody else wants to do it, who am I to say? 
And then another one is, uh, this should be my last one for now. Is, <laughs> you sure? Um, well, you, well, yeah, because I'm thinking. No, I know it looks riled up on this, man. It's a thing to be riled up on. You can't, you can't legislate morality. Okay, what, what do you legislate? Almost, not every, but most issues that we legislate are moral. Why can't I kill you or you kill me? Because it's inconvenient? Uh, because it's wrong. Why can't I kidnap you or have you as a sex slave or put you in the closet for 10, 20 years? Because it's wrong. It's immoral. Most laws, not all, but most laws are dealing with, with moral questions. We outlaw it because it's morally reprehensible. That's why we forbid it. And what, if it's not a verbatim quote, it's awfully close. Martin Luther King Jr., by the way, who held the natural law. You don't hear about that on this issue, but he has a famous quote to, to the effect, if not the literal quote itself, is awfully close, is, you can't pass a law to make a man love me, but you can pass a law to keep him from hanging indeed, me, and that's pretty indeed. important to me. And so you can, and you do legislate morality every single day. The question is, should we legislate morality here? And by legislate morality, we don't want to equivocate. I'm not saying you can make people good merely by laws, but you can't prevent them from doing crimes by having laws. If the guy knows you sell heroin to my kid, you're probably going to spend 10, 20 years in jail. Then that sense... It protects we, we others. Use, yes. We use the law every day to legislate morality. You can't make people inherently good just because of the law. But by having laws, it often every day keeps people from committing crimes they otherwise would because they know it's going to be a heavy fine and or jail time or otherwise. So you better not do that. So that argument doesn't fly either. Well, one thing that needs to fly for me to get the phone number out, and we're going to get to your call, uh, Todd, hang in there for a second. Matter of fact, let me get the phone number where Todd had called in. And you can also call 888 Call Eric right now. We want to get these questions in, whatever the question may be tonight. We want to give you a biblical response. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers for Facebook, email, tweet, or messengers questions. Todd, hang in there. I want to do one thing real quick because the time is flying, and I knew it was going to fly when we get on these type of subject matters. But I do want to be bringing up later on in regards to the same issue, maybe right after Todd's call, about the state interest. I keep hearing this expression about the state's interest, since the now is no longer a federal issue, is going to be the interest of states, and every state has different interests based upon the, uh, the, the the citizenry. You know, so every state is going to be different on this. So that state interest is going to be a very important thing that we should be aware of because that gets right down to you and me. It's like a more local situation than it is for a federal situation. But Brian, can I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Daryl, but and we'll talk about it. You know, after. My, my comment was what I said earlier, mm-hmm. you know, uh, states that don't pass. And I and this is what I heard. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if if and when well, you know, California is going to uh, uphold abortion. But they're also saying that if anyone is in a state that prohibits bro, uh, abortions, then they will pay you to come into well, California. And, 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 we could, and we could talk about that stuff because that, that's when it gets down to what we're talking about, state interests and some other subjects that we can bring up. But right now, before we bring on Todd, uh, Brian, and I need Craig and you kind of to chime off each other in regards to this. We have some very serious uh, ministry that's going to be co- happening next month in the month of August in regards to you guys taking some trips somewhere where I want you to make sure that you get home safely. And Craig, you take care of my boy when you take him out there to those, <laughs> those, those places that you go and you come back, you know, a little ill sometimes for the things you'll be eating. So, Brian, why don't you give the people two things, opportunity 
to participate in giving to the ministry in general, but also an opportunity to participate in giving from a financial standpoint on the trips and the various things that we have going on. Okay. Yeah. Um, thanks, Daryl. Uh, you know, this, this program has been on 20, 20 some plus years and it's because of the financial donations of our listening audience and the way you can donate and continue to donate to this ministry is uh, a couple ways. You can go to the website, go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says support this ministry, and then uh, you can give that way. And there's a place where you can put a note there, and that gives you the option of uh, uh, splitting your donation if you want to. You can go 100% to the radio ministry, 100% to TOT, which is the training of trainers, and uh, or you can, you know, split it up 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30. And you guys have been doing a really good job at that on being specific on what you want to do. OK, and, and Craig's going to talk a little bit more about the trip. The other way you can give is um, you can mail in your donation. You can check um, cashes, check money order, um, make it out to living by the word. Uh, mail it to P.O. Box 90477. P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. Definitely want to thank those that um, donate to this ministry, that pray for this ministry. And uh, I want to thank those in advance who will be donating and who will uh, pray for this ministry as well. It's very, very important. You know, as Daryl was saying, uh, there's a trip coming up um, uh, in August uh, going to Nepal. And I'm going to let the professor talk about this. He's been there a couple of times in other parts of, of India and other parts of the world. And they explain to the listening audience what's taking place. Great. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, indeed. We have the opportunity. I think I'm going to call and be there. Not that long of a trip, this one. But uh, August 12th. Craig, ho- Craig, hold on for one second, Craig, because you're coming in a little, a little garbled. I don't know if you, uh, um, you know, something techn- technologically is going on telephonically. Those two T words, but let's try it again. Go ahead. Yeah, well, my phone's dying, so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let it go. No, say it's not so. All right, go ahead, so PCH. That might have been what it was, but at any rate, um, we're planning on going from about August 12th to the 22nd. And yeah, and it's, we're going to be visiting, for example, a number of key ministries, people who have helped train in the past, Pastor Krishna, and uh, many others, NGOs in particular to deal with human trafficking, but we're going to be, we'll be dealing with ones who are, because the bulk of them are, by the way, not all, but most of them are Christian-based, who deal with things like human trafficking, as girls as young as five years old. Particularly, there's a market for, for uh, you know, trying to objectify this, but from little girls in particular coming out of India through Nepal into China. It's a gateway, and so, at any rate, we'll be doing, uh, working with Tiny Hands, uh, excuse me, Tiny Hands Ministry. Actually, Love Justice International, and they actually have policing powers to actually arrest people who are trafficking in humans, and and so it's just a really vital trip of, of encouraging the church and uh, and and helping them, uh, giving them counsel and training that that they want or ask for and, and need. And so we'll be doing that. Brian's kind of going with me and, and some, some others. And uh, we're just really excited about this. It's a great ministry opportunity. And so, yeah, we've been asking people to support us two ways. Uh, financially, if you're able, 
financially to help defer the, the, the cost of uh, lodging. It's fairly inexpensive compared to America, but it still costs money and food as well. But travel is the main expense uh, of uh, running a van while we're over there for those who are willing. And then the flights themselves. So we're just we're so thankful. Some have already done that and want to say thank you so much and encourage others as time gets a little shorter here. If, you believe in this, you believe in what we're doing, particularly those regular listeners who know what we do and where we're coming from on this. If you believe in what we do, we're asking you to stand with us. Yeah, prayerfully, absolutely. Everybody can pray for us that it goes well, the trip accomplishes what we're looking for it to do, able to minister to, to the, some churches in the area, to believers, obviously, and to deal with the human trafficking issue that is such a big concern that many people talk about. And here's a chance where we're actually doing something for that end and supporting ministries or NGOs, non-government organizations, if you don't know what the NGO stands for, who are actually the ones on the boots on the ground, if you will, actually uh, seeking to not only stop but actually abolish human traffic slavery, literally, today in the 21st century. And, you know, we say this, but it's not enough just to say, well, well, well we, we think this shouldn't happen, and these poor young women and boys as well. Uh, but but we have to also have things in place that help them. If they're disgraced, even though their family often is the one that sold them into this, literally, um, they have to have a way of gainful employment so yes. that they can stay out of this, so they don't just fall back into this, so they're not prostituted. So they need skills sets and whatnot, and most of the organizations we work with not only actually rescue them, but help them and give them counseling um, to the trauma that they've been through, what's happened, but also giving them skill sets, marketable skill sets, so that they they can make a living so that they're not as tempted to go, and most of them will not be, but some are because it's all they know. It's all they know, and they've already been shamed by their family, so it's kind of like, this is my lot, then the doctrine of reading carnation transmigration, well, I deserve this. Mm. So we do all we can to get them out and to keep them out. And again, one more time, and then Brian can give the information how they can actually do this, but that's what we're all about. And if you believe in that, you think that's worthwhile, then we're asking prayerfully and financially you stand with us. We really appreciate that, Brian, and thank you very much for giving that information a little earlier in regards to how they can send the money in. I'll just add one more thing to the money situation. If you're inclined and you have credit cards that establishes points, reward points, things like that, those points can be translated into dollars for ministry and various other donations for nonprofits, NGOs, as Professor was talking about. If you uh, don't know how to do that or if you need more information on it, I personally will contact you if you email us. Go to our website and contact us and put in there, easy, give me a little hand on this if you don't uh, clearly understand it from the standpoint of your credit cards and stuff like that. That can be translated into dollars, and uh, those dollars can be used for the various things we just said. Just another way to give and take care of the resources that God has put into our hands. So there we go. We really appreciate that, PCH. Brian, I really appreciate that. We're going to make another announcement a little bit later on in the broadcast. But let's go back to the phone call. We have about five minutes left at the top of the hour at 888 You can call Eric. He has some open lines for you. 888-995-5552. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers, especially if you're on Facebook. Hey, go ahead and check in if you're still there. We got you. We see the people that's there. We appreciate that. Ask a question. Send us an email. Send us a tweet. Send us a messenger question. Everything is Bible Info Brokers, other than the phone number of 888-995-5552. I promised Todd I was going to bring him up, so let's go to Burbank and talk with Todd. Thanks for holding on and calling in. 
Good evening. Uh, Francis Schaefer, I called about, mm -hmm. you know, who is the guy that, uh, you know, I think uh, the, the one gentleman knows who it is. Yes, we all know about Fran uh, Francis Schaefer. You were saying specifically about him? Well, here, here's the deal, as, as far as I see it. First of all, I'm against abortion. Okay. I think the arguments, uh, the argument, even though you guys made a great argument, it's a little miscalculated. 73% of Americans don't agree with the Supreme Court decision, period. That includes Christians, Muslims, 73%. And here's the situation. Not until the late 70s, literally 79, 80, did any of this come up as a, as a Christian problem. So that's way after the first Roe v. Wade decision. It was decided because it was a politically advantage to the Republicans to actually make abortion an argument. And that's one big thing. Second big thing, I don't see any Christians running around during COVID saying, oh, they want their freedom for not wearing masks, for, you know, not to have shots, kill people along the way. That's not a problem. AR-15s. Why not show the pictures of little kids murdered with AR-15s? That's a, that's a, the Christians don't believe we should take the guns away from people. I personally don't think we should either, but that's an argument, and we need to look at these arguments. And as far as your guys' arguments on, you know, exceptions in the state for the life of a mother, most of the laws already passed in the trigger laws have no exception for the life of a mother, no exception for rape and incest. That is despicable on anyone's watch. So we can't have it both ways. And, you know, when India tried to do their forced vasectomy law, the opposite, forcing men to have vasectomies so they couldn't impregnate women, that caused uproar, and they changed that quickly. So that's my topics on that. So I'd like to hear what uh, any of you have to say about Francis Schaefer. And also, I heard somebody say last week, uh, Brian, he said that abortions in the Bible. So I went to my preacher and I said, can you show me where abortion is mentioned in the Bible, specifically abortion? He said, I can't. So that's my uh, subject tonight. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. Really appreciate your call, Todd. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, Brian, about the abortion issue and PCH, you want to make a comment? We have about four minutes left at the top of the hour. First of all, I was having trouble hearing all said. That's number one. But, but actually... It's ironic, with all due respect to Todd, is he's basically saying we're just generalizing, but that's what he did. Uh, Christians are against, uh, are okay with AR-15s. Who says? All kinds of Christians are against. And by the way, AR-15s are still limited capacity. I'm not trying to argue for them against them right now. But the, idea, the bigger issue is he's, he's arguing Christians are for guns, uh, gun rights, and so that's the same as abortion. That's not the same. By the way, more people are killed every year by hammers than they are by guns. So are we going to outlaw hammers? So there's two issues. I want to be careful, parse each one. Number one, many Christians really don't think people should have the right to have arms. Uh, AR-15s, and some people clearly don't even know what an assault weapon is. Um, a a, a, a semi-automatic pistol is just the same, maybe not as accurate as an AR-15. And, and California has the same limit for the, 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 the magazine. It's ten, but but even before that, some Christians do not do not support that. Look, who was for it? Who was against it? Yeah, well, look, am I defending one party on this? Did you hear me say that? No, I'm not arguing party right now. I'm arguing morality. You didn't hear me argue a political party. Go back, listen to the tape. Never said such. 
Schaefer does talk a lot about this. Read his book, A Christian Manifesto. This is a big issue for Schaefer, and he talks about it. That was written in the early 80s. Francis Schaefer, A Christian Manifesto, which I'm sure Todd is aware of, or should be aware of. You can cite Schaefer to me in the book, How Should We Then Live? He talks about this as well, and he talks about how important this issue is and significant. Uh, and, and, and last of all, for like right now, at least all that I heard is, let's just say, I don't know that it is or that it isn't right. 73% of Americans support abortion. That's at least the number he quoted. It doesn't matter in one sense, except, by the way, we're not a democracy. He didn't say that, but I keep hearing this. Let's, somehow uh, uh, the, the courts kicking this back, to, uh, the Supreme Court kicking it back to the states, is somehow is undermining democracy. No, first of all, we're not a democracy. We're a representative form of government, number one. Number two, how is that... The, Denying even that, you're putting it back to the people and their representatives, if you will. But the argument—that's a form of an ad populum argument. Let's say 90% of people are for abortion. That wouldn't make it right. In the Roman world, in the Greek world, the majority of people were for letting a child die who they deemed unworthy to live. Mm die of exposure. They left it out literally in the wild to be eaten by animals, literally, or simply just to, to you know, freeze to death and otherwise die of, you know, not being taken care of. The number of people who support something per se, Got 30 seconds, BCH, 30 seconds. Question, doesn't justify something or it doesn't refute it or doesn't establish it. It's, it's not the issue. The yeah. issue is, is it right or is it wrong? And we're going to deal with that a little bit more on the other side of the break. We have about 30 seconds left. So let me just give this information. And mm-hmm. we're going to deal with the issue about uh, what the guy was saying about abortion not in the Bible. A lot of things are not in the Bible, but the concept is there as a general statement. But we've talked more about that on the other side. But right now you can call in. When we come back from the break, we'll take more of your phone calls at 888-995-5552. Call Eric. He's ready, willing, and able to set you up, put you in queue. You hear that music? That means that we're about to go into the top of the hour break. Everyone else, if you want to join us on the internet, Facebook, email, tweet us, or even messenger us your questions. Everything is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers, we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> 